What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Black Health Academy podcast. I'm Lisa A. Smith, joined as always by my super dope co-host, Ms. Gifford with Jay. But today in the building, we have our third musketeer who joins us at least once a year here live on our annual Fit Trip, Miss T. Hughes. What up, Tiff, in the building? Hello, hello, everyone. <laughs> Happy to have you back. So I think, uh, Jay, the last time Tiff recorded with, a, with us was on our Fit Trip 2020 in Nevada. In yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. In those desert streets. <laughs> so happy to have you back on, Tiff. We're going to have some fun today here on the podcast, all the shenanigans um, that happened on the Fit Trip. We're going to spill it all right over into this here mic uh, and give y'all a taste of all the crap I've been putting up with for the past couple of days, okay? <laughs> Jenny, I didn't say like, anything. Jenny, no, you look right at like, Jay. I, I know, every time. <laughs> The rules, because you know the rules, if the rule is the person who played the victim first, get it. You know oh. what I mean? I just happened to pull the car. I didn't little. say, like, what they say, a hit dog hollers or something like that. <laughs> what, what the whole coach is So listen, <laughs> welcome back to the podcast, guys. If you haven't already, go join the Black Health Academy and get your whole health together. We're extending the life expectancy of the culture one episode at a time. Please join us and visit us at www.theblackhealthacademy.com. The Black Health Academy is an online e-learning platform paired with live monthly nutrition classes and group coaching programs that helps you take your health to the next level using whole food plant-based nutrition, holistic health, and master classes curated for us by us to address the specific needs of the culture. Y'all, I was just in a presentation just the other day about fibroids. Y'all know fibroids impact black women like exponentially more than yes. any other culture. And they were just saying that oh, there's about 600,000 hysterectomies done every year and 450K of those are on black women. Good Ooh. grief. That's, wow, I didn't know that. Isn't that insane? Wow. Like, yeah. neuter in the culture. And what's so crazy is that, like, a hysterectomy is not necessarily a surefire solution to fibroids. Correct. And then you have after meds, after care, you have all those things. And there's other things that play a role in the development of fibroids in the body. And so I was just like, wow, they taking us out 450K at a time? Anyway, so that's... My point is, that's the reason for this year podcast and for the Black Health Academy platform, because we know we suffer disproportionately from chronic health challenges um, in our community. And so we want to make sure you guys are getting the source straight from the tap, right? No middleman. And so uh, we practice whole food, plant-based nutrition here. And so here on our Fit Trip, y'all t- y'all talking to us live here in Denver, Colorado. Hey, hey yes. The mile high so <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> which is super plant-based friendly. How y'all been enjoying our annual 2021? This is our sixth year on the Fit Trip. I can't believe it. Ain't that crazy? Crazy. It's just crazy how it just, we said we were going to do something and we did it. It came, it wasn't, you know, ingrained in family tradition or anything. We just decided together, this is something we were going to do and we've been consistent every year with it the only thing that's going to change is that i'm stepping down from planning any fit trips and it's going to be planned that's between what you think Tiff that's what and Lisa you because think they're really good at it and Ooh. so i'm giving them their roses i reject and, that and you know <laughs> acknowledging the fact that they are wonderful at it and i'm just stepping down that's the only difference that's the only change that's going to happen that ain't gonna work 
That's not going to work. Jay is always <laughs> trying to come in with some not. First of all, you are not allowed to table your responsibility of planning your fit trip. Jay, you only have to do every two years. I'm very confused on how that is a struggle. I don't like any aspect, any part of planning a trip. I don't need for you not to look concerned and so. I, but like, I, but I share that that sentiment. Sentiment. I don't like the process of planning. I don't. I I'll do, do it. This. Girl, bye. I'll do it. I'll do it because that's my responsibility as a member of the fit <laughs> trip. And I'm clean my eyeballs. People. Don't do that. <laughs> so I do, but I don't I don't like it. I didn't know that. When I go on vacations like with my husband with family, yeah. I'm not the planner. I'm the let me sit in the passenger seat and dip where, where we're going. That's, that's me, me and that's me every time <laughs> but I'm I go on a trip. So it has spoiled me. You know, you you done it all the way up until we start doing a fit trip. Mina does it. You know, my sister. Everyone has spoiled me with planning the you know itinerary. You know, getting the prices for the flights, the hotel, the car, and I've just been sitting and just enjoying and appreciating you wonderful people. <laughs> Back for, for being diligent in your in your gift, I'm gonna call it a gift. Can can I dare call it a gift? Can I? Can Unbelievable. I? So, what are you guys proposing? Do you are you guys both saying you want to step down from planning the fit trip and genuinely never want to plan another one and want to put responsibility on me every year? If I never had to, I, I, would, I mean, if you didn't mind, I, accept, I wouldn't mind at all. I, if I never had to, that would be fine with me. But I accept my responsibility as a third of this crew. <laughs> And I'll do it. I love a team player. Yeah, if you were to do it, I'd allow it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would allow it. But um, yeah, I, you are not, not bothered by it, then that's, that's, I would definitely say thank you. And I will show my appreciation in other ways, you know. Such as, because I'm still trying to figure out how you... I don't know yet, but I know that to, I would. TBD, to be determined. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, while we're on that... Um, how have y'all been enjoying this itinerary? Because this was my year. Yes, it I gotta was. give you props. It was great. Uh, you planned very well. She planned our meet, like where we're gonna go eat. Like she took the guesswork of all. You know, where we're gonna eat today? Where we gonna? Eat? You know, she took that away. She has a very nice uh, uh, itinerary planned with gaps. So there are some gaps yes, that we can that's choose very important. to yes. rest. We can choose to do something else, so we don't have to be on a schedule every single minute of the day. I yes. appreciate that. So you did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, I will not be planning the fit trip every year. Um, <laughs> that's why I'm not going to keep following them props. She don't. Dang it. You're not going to keep following them. I knew she was going to say, well, I'll do it then. No, no, no. <laughs> I thought that's where we were going. <laughs> no, I'm absolutely not doing it. Y'all out of y'all mind. Okay. And like, I like the different perspectives on the fit trips. The way, you know, you guys Can say, we, can y'all be honest and say my fit trips always suck. I'm okay. just not good at it. What were your fit trips? Yeah. The, when we stayed local, now we did a fit trip. I think where I had really just got separated, really didn't have the money to do much. So I was like, I can't go anywhere. And then we stayed in a house in Ferndale. We were supposed to go to some local places, to some local parties, eat, you know, some plant based food around the area. And then we did go to that West Bloomfield where we did that adventure park. We did the year. But it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it, it left a lot to be desired. And Facts. then we went to Vegas. Now, initially, the place that I found was nice, but then they canceled and I was like, okay. <laughs> but when we got there, y'all pretty much planned the itinerary, you know? We did kind of do, 
collectively. Tiff, I'm just realizing how bamboozled we've been getting. You got to step it up, bro. Facts. I see this as a but challenge. But hold up. But it's, hold on. It's a but when we're in the home, I, you know, do things. I, I think I, in Vegas, I cooked you guys breakfast. I will run errands if you need it. I'll put your tea on. Like, y'all didn't even get up off y'all butts last night. I'm making your drinks. Oh, I'm making your tea. Oh, my God. That's what I'm we're doing. grabbing your stuff. Yes, I was like the, the house servants. Oh, oh, no, she, oh okay, yes, I'm going a there. That's no, a hell I'm of a not, stretch. You made a drink and heat up some pizza. Right? Right. Oh, was it any drink? Was it any? Oh, yeah, put that in the oven while you up. Cut the pineapple while you up. Oh, make this drink. Oh, Jay, do that. And then Tiff had the nerve to say... <laughs> When we wanted to go out last night. Well, she wanted to go out last night. And I was searching. Searching, searching. I said, we got this, we got that, we got this, we got that. It didn't work with us. Tiff, doing nothing. Keep looking, Jay. Doing nothing. <laughs> Keep going. Don't you dare give up. Don't okay. give up. What? Don't give up. Because you so, were on to something. You were on to something. I'm like, just so keep going. Try, you know what I mean? Well, I just going. need to be led. And, and when we're on the trip, to be and I don't have no problem with saying okay. that that's not my area of strength. Well, that's a challenge for you, and that I think you can rise to the challenge. <laughs> yeah, I believe you can too, Jay. Yeah. So one, one that's settled. Once every two years. Oh, yeah, I don't have much. That's settled. You got a whole. No. Mine is next year, so you got a whole two years. Yeah, right you, now you're not you're not back up to trip. 2023. Yeah. Well, let's move on. If y'all wasn't gonna bend or fall, why we talking about this next? Wait, what was the, the thing that we do when we see or hear something in the area? She tried it. So, listen, real quick before we get into wait, what you know, I got some plant based news for y'all. Um, so, in most recent plant based news, I'm excited. Um, so, first of all, our next fit trip, Tiff said we're going international for 2022. So that's kind of exciting. And based on my plant based news, you might want to consider Portugal, Tiff. Really? Absolutely. So this is um, old news, but I just found the article. But Portugal has become the first country to pass a law to make it illegal countrywide to not offer vegan options. <gasps> Come on now, Portugal. I love that. Come on, get excited. It's illegal to not have vegan options? Yes. Now, How dope is that? Now, the law says it applies to public places. So like schools, prisons, federal buildings, you know. But that's a, that's a big great deal. Start. That's, a, that's a huge All we got to do is pull up to the prison and we good. We know. <laughs> we know we cover. We going to eat that. So we make it out alive. I don't know. Listen, that's school lunch program. So what about the restaurants? Well, it's for, it, it's mandated for like more federal government funded places. So basically it's like the beginning. But imagine of, if your kid was going to school there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You know yeah. what I mean? So like, yeah, like, you know. I love that. That's a huge I thought leap. that was so cool. That is a huge So step. we might want to put, you know, South America, you might want to consider the Yeah, because I remember when I worked in a nursing home and some of those people, even though they didn't have, they might have been about 75% there mentally. But they still remembered that they didn't eat meat. They still remembered. But they didn't have those options for them. They had to eat. You know, they kept putting meat on their plate. And the plate would just sit there. They wouldn't eat. They would wow. eat whatever around it, but they wouldn't eat. And I used to think that was really that's the a, beginning of my mind. Form of neglect. It is. I that's agree. when it starts to form in my mind. I don't want to ever be. I'm going to do what I can to stay out of it. Because some people got there because they were too obese mm -hmm. um and then they got an injury and i don't think what people um understand about as you age and you need to rely on people more you 
do need to be in a good, um, healthy weight class because the person that has to take care of you, especially if, if you don't oh, have yeah. mobility like that anymore, Absolutely. they can't pivot you into your chair. They can't lift you. If you fall, they can't pick you up. So a lot of those people ended up in a nursing home. Yeah. And, wow. you know, that's where they remained for the rest of their days. Had they been you know, lighter, had they not needed something like a machine to lift them out of bed because they were too heavy, they wouldn't even have been there. Right. They wouldn't even have been there. Because when you're older, 75 and older, normally your your children are older. Your children's not going to be 25. Absolutely. And you're 75. Normally your children are maybe 50 and older. And now they're dealing with their chronic health challenges. Exactly. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. But that's what really made me start thinking, like, I'm going to do what I can that was just one of the things that made me think I don't want to get diabetes because that was it too. Something got amputated. They ended up there, you know, a 50 year old man was there because something got amputated and he was, he just wasn't healthy enough in mm-hmm. other areas to take care of himself. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the older you get one chronic health challenge can take you out the game. And I think that's why we always said too, that the work we're doing now with a healthy that we are now is a result of the work we did five years ago. For sure. Yeah, you know for sure. the, the workout you do this morning that you don't feel it's like not doing. For today. It's not for today. No, the, the the plant smoothie, the green drink, it's not for today. It's literally for the next version of yourself. So mm-hmm. your quality of life, your health status is determined by decisions you make today. Yeah, just like your wealth, your income. You yeah. know what I mean? Whether or not you're gonna be on a fixed come. When fixed income, you know, in your 60s and 70s has everything to do with decisions you make in your 30s and 40s. Absolutely. So that's exactly how your health operates. Listen, one more in plant-based news before we move on away. What McDonald's said, they introducing the McPlant. Tip, this is your cue. Mc what? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, excuse, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew Tim was going to give me what I needed. <laughs> Honey, listen, McDonald's said, y'all ain't leaving us out. They gonna get we riding this market. money train into veganism. You hear me? So, um, Gosh. McDonald's is about to, they've partnered with Beyond Meat to come out with a burger that they're releasing in the UK in October called the McPlant. And I thought that was the most, I can't believe it. It's excuse me worthy. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So that's all the plant-based news I got for y'all. Oh, they don't gosh. fall for the nonsense. Listen, y'all, listen, y'all know we whole food plant-based and that can be vastly different from being just vegan. So, my point of saying all of this is that no matter how many vegan options you see popping up around the world, whether it be fast food places, restaurant places, you want to take into the account that all vegan doesn't equal healthy and you want to get your food as in its most original form as possible, as often as possible. So, you know, they're going into these factories, they're going into these labs and they're stuffing all this stuff into a machine and processing and then mass producing this quote unquote vegan meat and quote unquote, you know, vegan options, but that's not necessarily giving you the nutritional quality that's required to live a high quality life. And so we want to nourish the body. We don't just want to take animal products away from the body. The next step after doing that is to nourish the body with whole real plant food. So um, that's a vast no to the, to the McPlant. <laughs> at McDonald's. Vast resounding no. Uh, you hear me? Emphatic no. Yeah. Yeah. So now on to wait what? Listen, wait what is our segment where we identify something we saw, heard, or experienced in the last week or two that made us go, wait, what? Go ahead, Tim. Let's let Tim go because I think Jay is on some nonsense this morning. Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> Let's get the real one out the way. Okay, so <laughs> I was getting my hair braided a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. 
I go there. Now, the lady that I go to has a home salon, which is just a chair in her living room, okay? So, I've been to her before, but I guess I was always not really present mentally. I was reading a book. I was re on a podcast. I wasn't paying attention to what was going on in her home. I'm just like, okay, in a chair, you know. So I get there and I'm starting to look around and I'm looking at, she has, okay, she's got three boys, a girl, and, a, and her husband. This is her family makeup. Okay. Okay. It was a Saturday morning. Okay. Her husband was gone with two of the boys. They had face or football practice or something like that. So who was there was her youngest son who was like maybe four and her eldest daughter who was like maybe 16, 17. Okay. So I'm sitting here and I just started paying attention to things like really tuning into what was going on in the household. Her son, the four-year-old, first of all, he's about a B cup, okay? <laughs> this, this little boy is chubby. I'm, and it's not, I'm not making fun of him. Oh, this little boy is chubby. He is so cute. Uh -huh. She has no control over him. Like, mm -hmm. So she's hollering, get him, get him, like hollering for him to sit down and whatnot while we're, I'm getting my hair braided. Her eldest daughter is like a pseudo-parent. She's like, can you get him and tell him woo-woo, right? And so I'm just sitting there. Time was going on. I'm getting braided. He was hungry. Okay. She's like, okay, I made you breakfast. Go in the kitchen to eat. I don't know what he ate, right? Right. All I know is he came back with a bag of hot hot uh, Cheetos. Okay. The little hot, hot Jackson. <laughs> okay. So I'm just watching him. Like, okay, it's about maybe 9 o'clock in the morning at this time. Right? Okay. I don't know what he ate or if he ate the breakfast, but he comes out with the Cheetos, right? And so he's sitting there eating Cheetos. Here comes the dog. Okay. She got two dogs. The dog comes up and sit, sits right next to him. He's got one of those little toddler chairs. They're kind of little, but he, it was room for the dog. It's a little, like, I don't know, dog breeds or what, but it's a little cute little ankle biter type dog. Okay. <laughs> ankle biter. Ankle biter sits right next to the little boy. <laughs> he starts feeding him Cheetos, too. Okay? Wait a minute. He's feeding the dog hot Cheetos. Hot Cheetos. And I don't know anything about but I know that dogs can't really eat people food in the way. They really can't eat much people food. Okay? Well, we done changed that in the black community. But go ahead. Our dogs be we having gotta, diabetes. We got to make sure our dogs yeah. are healthy. Right. Yeah. So in the meantime, the rest of the family comes home. Okay? So the, her other two sons are like middle school age. Okay? They're both C cup. Okay? Her husband, he might be a D. Mm. Okay, so everybody, my point is everybody in the family is pretty much overweight. Mm. Okay, so I'm just sitting here like, okay, we got Cheetos going on, we got obesity going on, we might have some diabetes going on. I don't know. It's a lot going on in this household, right? Absolutely. The thing that made me say, wait, what is the little boy with the little B cup, with a four year old boy, he was jumping up and down, I'm looking at the the boobies bouncing. I'm looking at his belly. He had no shirt on. Look at the belly bouncing. No everything. shirt on. Okay. Yeah, that's how I could see the cup. I was not picturing right? shirtless. So I'm looking. He bouncing around and he's just like having fun. You know, what I'm saying Cheeto mouth all red, like fingertips all red with the Cheeto <laughs> dust residue stuff. And so she said, "Oh, look at my little fatty. Come here, fatty." I said, "Wait, <laughs> what? You cool with this? Oh yeah, you're cool with your." I'm looking and I'm seeing his future. I'm seeing his future. Absolutely. Him looking like her husband, who he's a big dude. Yeah. And there's this, um, you know how football players, there's some of them need to be, or are large, and there's this fine line between large and muscular and just like large and large. Yeah, like Just Absolutely. to be large. Cause you can knock somebody over. You can tackle somebody or what have you. That's her husband's body type. Got it. And so I just really was excited. It, just like really so she's like oh my little fatty come here little fatty she's gonna call him that 
while he's eating the Cheetos and what uh, the family comes home, somebody else brought some taquitos. Y'all know what taquitos are? Yeah, those chips. Little crunchy uh-huh. ones. Somebody else brought that and I'm like, where's the food? <laughs> where's the real Still food? Still waiting to see the food. Still waiting for it. You were here okay. how many hours? It took about three and a half hours. Oh my goodness. So I just was like, wow. Wait. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's a <laughs> self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, people really celebrate that in kids. They think it's so adorable and so cute. I thought it was and, cute in like infancy. Yeah, but then now with social media, you know, we, we of course, like you said, though, we change. You know, we change the script. Now it's, well, look at them chubby thighs. The, the, the kid would be two, three years old. Now, oh, look at him. Yeah, so, yeah, now it's cute. Now it's really healthy. Yeah. To be a whole four-year-old and to be overweight. Old, yeah. And I wish we would stop normalizing that because yeah, that is normal, but it ain't natural. So you know, that's my theme for the weekend. It's normal, but it ain't natural. And we really need to stop normalizing being overweight, even if you're four, even if you're five. Agree, and that's not, you're starting them off absolutely. unhealthy. Absolutely. So he already clearly has an addiction, mm-hmm. addiction to junk food. You for know sure. what I'm saying? For sure. And this is where chronic health challenges, chronic disease. So the most pivotal age in our lives with regard to nourishing actually the body and the mind actually but it's you know zero to seven and so him eating all that literally it's not even food it's just like a cacophony of chemicals you know um Shout out to Scattergories. That would have been a double. Oh (laughs) my gosh. I would have challenged it like cacophony, really. Okay. All right. But I mean, the poor baby, you know, the house has, he's eating what's available to him, Mm -hmm. right? He clearly doesn't make a decision. Somebody's buying it. And it's cute and it's okay. And it's first thing in the morning. And we're even passing it down to to the dog, you know, the pet. And that makes me sad because this is what we see. These people, these individuals grow up to be teenagers. This start, stuff start manifesting like that's going to int- even impact his intelligence, how his brain develops, how he's able to retain information as we're going through these developmental years. And so feeding our kids the food dyes, the colorants, the sugar, the salt, all of that crap. You know what I mean? They, they, they've seen signs, you know, when unfortunate things happen like, um, young kids die in car accidents and stuff and they do the autopsies on these like really young kids under 10 mm-hmm. they see signs of heart disease and platforming in their arteries that young yep. mm-hmm. you know what i mean yep. and yeah it's a major way what because it's like the whole family is at risk because absolutely. when the husband came in he had a slurpee and she's like he, you know she's like took his straw like to some of that so down to the dog Everybody. the whole family is at risk my 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 Prevention is still the best best medicine. I haven't said nothing. That could be a wayward right there. I haven't said it is a wayward. Man, Lisa been on her old school. Man, this whole trick. Tell me about that. I'm like, why are you saying that? And what was the other one? Shake a tail feather. No, it was so that was that one, and oh, it was okay. another. Oh, one. that's all right. Yeah, that's okay. all right. <laughs> Every uh, time I eat something good, that's all right. <laughs> what? Goodness. Jay, what? What? Hit us with it. Don't be ridiculous. No, I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna talk about you. I was gonna talk about you with the mountain and the sunrise. Oh, oh that is funny. I thought oh, that was, that was, that was, that was, that was fun. definitely I'm, a group. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, yeah that was the way. What? So, 
we took um, a hike, a sunrise hike. So we had to be there at 6 a.m. to walk through the, what are the mountains called? Red Valley Mountains? What are they called? Red? Red Rock? Red, Red Rock, Rock. Yeah. Um, Mountains. And so the, the purpose of the hike, you know, of course, we always take a hike every fit trip. But when we got there at 6 a.m., we were going to go on this guided tour, and they were going to take us where we were walking, and then at a certain point, we will see the sunrise during the hike. So we're having an amazing time. We meet some amazing people. The guy, is, is he's just, everything is just great, right? We're laughing, joking, taking pictures. He has all these different stories, great attitude. He's funny, explaining about the, you know, history and everything. And so we get to the point where the sun is um, about to come up, you know. And so, <laughs> who asked? Was it you? What? <laughs> when the sun was coming up. I miss it. Because I'm like, did we miss it? Because <laughs> yeah, we kept thinking, like, because it was starting yeah. to get light outside. Yeah, yeah. And right. so we were all like, okay, when is the sun going to come up? But he was like, you know, give it a minute, give it a minute. And then he's like, okay, the sun is about to come up. And then I think it was Lisa who, who said, uh... Are we going to go to the top of, was that you who asked? Yeah, are we going to go a little higher up the mountain? So, yeah, he was like, it's really no difference between higher up in the mountain and where you are. So everyone can just turn around and watch <laughs> the sun come up. And everybody was like, oh, well, okay, except for. <laughs> Lisa was not happy Lisa, with that. She was like, <laughs> oh, not to him. Only, you know, Tiff yeah. and I can hear it. Oh, I was picturing myself sitting on top of the mountain watching the sun coming up. And I was like, and it was one of those moments you wouldn't really I didn't catch. catch. That first. I didn't. But I was like, if that was not the most privileged packed <laughs> statement I've heard. Here you are in Denver, Colorado, <laughs> on a guided tour with great people with um, oh, at the end of the tour, brunch, he's going to have, ask our preferences, if you're plant-based, if you, whatever. And in that moment, <laughs> Lisa decided to flex her privilege. I was like, wait, what? So you mean to, and then, here's the oh, way yeah. it was. She was like, I'm just saying, I done seen better sunsets. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, excuse the hell out of me. Excuse me? Why? Because I've never been on a sunrise hike in the mountains. So, oh <laughs> let me step aside. Even you retelling the story, I still got irritated. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought Jack, I was going to be sitting down on top of the mountain. Yeah, it was called a 6 a.m. sunrise hike. So, I thought the sunrise was going to be like the star of the show. I didn't imagine us just climbing up since I see it be like, stop here and turn around. Okay, and you're on the fence. You're right. I did if think that, that we were going to make a bigger yeah, deal. I did think we were going to make a bigger deal out of sunrise. But I didn't know it was going to be like in the middle of a sentence, like, oh, oh, catch that right quick. All right, moving on. You know? Yeah. But it was a little anticlimactic for me. It was, in your defense. However, however, everyone else was perfectly like, okay, it was still beautiful. Like, we I still see it. Got I great see video. it. Great, it's great. nice. There yeah, we had that recorded it. Yeah. For sure. It was great. And if the timing was very, it was, he knew. I was impressed. Like, Wait, how, okay, how so he won his first it? hike. Okay, great. He was spot on with the time. <laughs> He's still not ashamed to. No, okay. I've had oh, I've, the better sunrises. I'm not. Okay, what was your better sunrise at? Where were you at? Um, In Croatia, on a yacht. Mm -hmm. What was better about it? 
literally sitting on top of the boat. Oh, first of all, all the stars and stuff in the air and slowly watching. And weren't you by yourself at that moment? Nobody else was with you, right? That, I mean, they were asleep on the boat. Yeah. So you had to, you, moments like that where we get to, you know, do things the way we want them exactly from start to finish. They're always probably, you know, hey, when I do that, always you were the probably, author of that. But, you manifested that. Yeah, yeah. but when I manifested that. What? You cho- you were intentional about getting on top of the. the oh boat. no, I didn't sit up there for the sunrise. I was on the phone. Oh. I just happened to see it. Oh, right, okay. but it was still you that. in your moment, and you caught. But if someone else on the boat was to say, "Okay, guys, we're going to catch the sunrise," it wouldn't have been. It would probably would have been anticlimactic too. Trying to get a group together to catch a special moment together, it just doesn't go the same way it does by yourself. Okay, I didn't know that. Yes, <laughs> I know it even until I just said it, but I'm just thinking. <laughs> sitting here with these 50 ounce spring waters and I look to my right to where Tiffany's sitting and on her water it says boss bitch. What? <laughs> you better believe it. What? You, you better know. I was doing the garbage. Who done came in here and wrote boss bitch on the water? You know who it is. <laughs> People go out of time to get out of hand. Your family know you be writing stuff like that. <laughs> all the time, baby. All the time. They know who it is. Completely like, out of hand. I flex on water. I flex in the mountains. I flex anywhere. Y'all gotta are out it. of control. Out of control. Look, we got a little order of business to handle before we move on, move on. We want to revisit our topic from last episode, nice versus kind. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, me and Jay had like almost a whole nother podcast after we stopped recording <laughs> talking yeah. about nice versus kind. So we want to add some small print and, and, and some notes to that. Um, because we got a little feedback about it yeah. and then we even just talked about it even more as well. And so, um, first you wanted to give a quick recap, Jay, on nice versus kind. Yeah. So basically what we were talking about is the difference between kindness and niceness. Usually nice is surface level. You do nice things. Um, a lot of times it's for the approval of others. Um, can I get a moment to, to, to speak? Go ahead. Sorry. No, don't worry about it. Um, and usually, you know, it's for approval of others and you're, you're being nice to people that may not deserve it. Uh, you don't want to cause any conflict um, and you may put people ahead of yourself a lot of times. Yes. Kindness is internal. Yes. Um, like they say, from the kindness of your heart. Mm-hmm. It's not because... You want people to think a certain way of you. It's not for approval. Approval. It's not from the feelings of inadequacy. So you want to press upon people the fact that you're a good person. You really want to do these things because that's who you are. And you have so much inner peace and so much, I don't want to say self-development because that may throw people. But the person you are is okay with it not being reciprocal with you not being able to see the reward of your effort. Uh, Even if that person doesn't even know if you did it, even if that person that you are kind for will never be able to give you a thank thank you, it's okay. Or kindness, you always want to see the fruits of your efforts. You always want to. Yeah, and and so we were talking about, you know, nice versus kind, being kind or nice. Um, And when we got the podcast, we were, 
like we forgot to mention, you can be nice and kind. You can be both. Yeah, you can be both. And then I got a text message um, from a, the po- a podcast listener, like, oh, I listen to podcasts and I'm nice and kind. And so that really made us want to come back and say that to anyone who may be struggling, like, oh my God, I'm nice to people. Does that mean I'm not kind? No, it does not mean that. No. You can be nice and kind, but know where it's okay to say no to people have confidence and having boundaries absolutely you know do it not just to be seen not to uh, you know for people to say oh she's nice and then behind closed doors you may be doing things that are unkind because no one will ever know it's anonymous so they have to kind of align together you cannot be um nice and be unkind yeah but if you're kind, a lot of times, or sometimes, people may not say you're the nicest person because you may be very assertive. That's me. Or like I'm, yeah. You it may really take a person time to go, you know, really identify with the layers of who you are to recognize that you really are a nice type of person. It's just not bubbly nice or bubbly. You know, when they meet you, you may seem standoffish, and that's okay. That's not being mean it's just not necessarily the surface level oh my god i want everyone to like me niceness that people want to present yeah. so uh, you know we just want to come back and say that you can be nice and kind you can it's okay you yeah can yeah yeah i think a lot of people operate in like our mind goes either or all the time yeah. I and mean, so much in life it can be an and yeah. um but just impressing upon like like we said last time people sometimes go out of their way to be nice, to be, you know, to extend courtesy, which is not a bad thing by any means. Um, but sometimes when you get pushed into a corner and you feel defensive, like an incident Jay recently had, like unkindness comes out. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's, it's usually in those moments where you do have the opportunity to, you know, sting somebody or hit below the belt. And you choose to be the bigger person and not do that, right? Kindness is also an extension of who you are naturally. And you're always considerate of other people. You're always considerate of of their needs, what their wants, their likes. And it's always usually um, from, like we said last time, from your overflow, right? Meaning you are satisfied in where you are across the board. And so being kind becomes easy it becomes second nature well sometimes nice is an effort yeah and i'm just reading the uh the dictionary um definition nice is pleasant agreeable satisfactory yes oh that agreeable part i can walk right out this door and be nice to everyone i see people think agreeable like agreeable cannot it's not always a good thing yeah sometimes you really need to assert yourself absolutely and like we said be kind to yourself but anyway long story short you can be nice and kind absolutely you can yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can. And then kind is defined as your character, your nature. Very different. It's, it's very different. And it's very different. And just the more we talked about it, Jay, the more I was just thinking about it, I'm like, it's just a yeah, humane, you know, things yeah. like that. It's, it's just, I don't know, does it tip do, because it's your first time really hearing that, you know, someone kind of use them not interchangeably. Can you hear the difference? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. All right. So moving on to the topic, moving on to the topic, we're talking about addictions today. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing really happened. Usually something happens that inspires the podcast. But today we want to talk about addictions because 
when it comes to chronic illnesses, when it comes to, um, you know, mental health conditions, addictions play a, a huge role in mm-hmm. that. You know, and addictions, you may not even classify what you're going through or what someone in your life is going through as an addiction. So we wanted to talk about that today. You know, what are the different kinds of addiction? What can you be addicted to? How do you stop being addicted to things? So who wants to go? I'll go. I want to start with nailing down the actual definition of addiction. Let's do it. Okay. Fundamentals. So I have a couple um, different ones. One of them is the fact or condition of being addicted to a particular substance, thing, or activity. Mm-hmm. Another one is a biopsychosocial disorder characterized by the compulsive engagement in rewarding stimuli despite adverse consequences. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the second. Yeah, because it's that whole award, that whole awarding stimuli, right? Mm-hmm. I do this, and then I feel this certain way, so I keep on doing it because I want to feel this way, despite something else that might be happening. Mm-hmm. So, like sugar addiction, yeah, you get that rush, you feel good right away, yeah, it's messing up, you know, the adverse effects of sugar. But yes, it's not good for your health, but it tastes good. Yeah, so I want that stimulus, I want that response. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the biosocial social, the biopsychosocial means the um, biological, psychological, and social factors, how they interact mm-hmm. together. Yeah. So it's not just from one thing, it's from all of those things together that can create an addiction. Yeah, and I think the intersection of the biological and the psychological, I think, and, and the social, to me, the one that's going to carry the most weight in most cases is actually the social. Because a lot of time, one of the very first things that needs to happen when someone is getting over addiction is the change of environment. And when you're, the the biological part is typically going to be the quickest part to get through because it's a detox. So it only may last a couple of days. It's going to be painful. It's going to hurt like hell. But it's what we see repeatedly is as soon as a person goes back into those environments and have all of their triggers, they their chances of relapse increases a thousandfold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because And if you are in the right support system to get over addiction, first of all, like I said, the biological part is going to be the shortest part you're going to go through. The psychological part, if you are in the right support system, should be built into the recovery process, right? Let's go to group. Let's go to therapy. Let's figure out why you needed to escape from your reality to get moving to another reality, right? But that social part is tough. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't know. I just think that it's the biological part because a lot of people are addicted in secret. There's a lot of secret, you know, what is it called? Secretiveness. Mm -hmm. When it comes to being addiction, a lot of people will hide. I like I know someone who smoked for years, and they wouldn't smoke around anyone. A lot of people I know. I remember someone said they caught their wife eating cornstarch. Never knew wow. they were hiding. But that's psych- that's the psychological part. The the shame, the secrecy, um, the guilt. That's 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 psychological side effects of addiction. What you're talking about. No, so I'm you saying, say the biological I'm saying their body is craving this so much that they are willing to hide it. They are willing to go the extra mile because their body is it's a physiological addiction. No, like yeah, body, I know. It, oh, okay. Yeah, I know the, like it's a biochemical, like the shift in their brain. I know what you're saying, but I'm saying the t- of the three, their body is craving it. I'm talking about like when we're moving into recovery and trying to get over it. Getting over the... 
the bio, the, the only, the, the way you get over addiction is what abstinence. Right. I'm not saying the cravings are not hard and then it's hard to stop craving it. What I'm saying is the biological part is the part you can actually move through the easiest. What, what brings back and makes it more tempting is that next part, which is the psychological. Why was I there in the first place? Because mm-hmm. I used to have a coworker who was addicted to cornstarch mm-hmm. when I worked at the state of Michigan, same thing. And I think it stemmed from depression. She was really overweight. And I think it stemmed from, so the, the part, the question is why in the first place, psychologically, do we feel the need to have this substance? Because usually the substance is fulfilling some type of emptiness in us. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the social part, you're, you usually go out in the world, you're triggered, you come back, do your behavior in private because it's your paradigm. Your paradigm is your mental programming. So whatever your mental programming is telling you is going to create your habitual behaviors. So I'm just saying when it comes to trying to get over addiction, the biological part is the easiest because as soon as you stop putting it in your body long enough, you will detox and you, the cravings will diminish. But what typically brings it back is the cycle. You might get triggered by talking to your parent or your dad or your mother or your sister. You might get triggered by an ex. You might get triggered by your job. That's the psychological part that draws you to the substance. And it's also the environmental part that keeps the behavior more likely. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm saying. What, what's the next definition, Tim? That was it. Those two ones. The fact or condition of being addicted to a particular substance, thing, or activity. And then there was the biopsychosocial disorder characterized by compulsive engagement and rewarding stimuli despite adverse consequences. So those, those were the two that I came up with when I Googled it. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, and addiction is so embedded in, in, in our community, but there's so much stigma attached to addiction because yes. people, and most people are no, that's the funny thing. Most people I know are addicted to something. Mm-hmm. But the way we do it in our society is like a hierarchy, you know? You're addicted to, to this, right? And I'm addicted to this, but because your addiction has more stigma attached to it. Right. Yours is worse yeah. than mine. Yes. It's like, you have a crack yes. habit. I, I'm just, I have a sugar addiction. I right. just have a sugar so addiction. I'm not on heroin. Okay, addiction. at least I'm not that bad now. Right. Yeah, yeah, I just have an addiction to abuse of, um, you know, spouse, not spouses, but partners. I just have an addiction to being that, because a lot of addictions are not just about drugs, alcohol. Oh, no. Substance, right. You know, uh-uh. it's a lot of personality um, addictions, you know, certain things that we try to get from other people or we seek out to make us feel good about ourselves. You know, that's how some women keep getting in these domestic abusive relationships. Yeah. Because they're addicted to needing a person to actually physically harm them to prove that they love them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that addiction can come from, you know, how they were brought up, their environment. Mm-hmm. Things like that, you know. My father used to hit me. I know my father loved me, Mm -hmm. or my the first man who married me showed me, you know, he loved me, but he also hit me. So then, when that relationship ended, when that person didn't hit me, I wasn't sure that they loved me. Right. And that's how we remain stuck to things like that emotionally and mentally. And then the alcohol, the caffeine, the sugar, the—it's not actually the addiction. It's the answer. Right. 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 So explain mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So 
anytime we're typically addicted to an actual substance that we put in our body to make us feel better or to help us escape our daily reality. Like I go home, oh my God, I need a drink. You know what I mean? I need to smoke weed. I need, you know, I need sugar. I need, or some people like I want my salty chips, snacks, whatever. When, especially when it comes to food or substances, or some people like, oh, I need to just escape in reality TV. And people say it like I need to be in somebody else's drama to make mine not seem so bad, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever our escape is from our own reality is not the problem. And so a lot of us, when it's time to do the work to get over that addiction, we're working on a surface level where we're trying to uh, uh, get rid of the remedy as opposed to the root cause. Mm-hmm. The sugar, the reality TV the alcohol, the potato chips, that is actually the remedy. That's what you're using to solve the deficiency um, and the lack that you feel within. So getting to the root of the problem, what's the real root cause? Well, the real root cause is I feel um, out of alignment in my life, right? And so it makes me feel better to go home and get engaged on, you know, some gossip sites or be in other people's business or, you know, to troll people online or to secretly eat these cookies. But, and then you start doing the work like I need to get over sugar. No, what you need to get over is how out of alignment you are in your life. And that's the work you need to be doing. And then it will make it easier to disconnect from the biochemical addiction you have to the substance. Mm -hmm. And so using the food or the the shopping or the sex, the promiscuity, that's your answer. You're not addicted to sex. You have maybe low self-worth, right? You have esteem issues. You maybe have confidence issues. And so I think a lot of times we're seeking out solutions to the wrong problem. Agreed. And that's usually how people start to treat addiction, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm addicted to sugar. I'm I'm done with sugar now. I'm just going to go and just stop the behavior, right? The yep. symptom. Absolutely. Instead of addressing why are you turning to sugar for to escape your reality or, or what have to manage your life and whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, list a few things, a few signs to let you know if you're becoming addicted to something. All right, so the number one, well, not the number one, but the first one is you keep doing it even though there are clear negative consequences. Mm -hmm. You see the consequences and you either make excuses for them or ignore them. Two, you pass up social situations where you cannot partake. Three, you suffer withdrawal if you attempt to stop. Mm -hmm. Four, you attempt to keep your use of whatever it is, a secret, whatever the addiction is, a secret. Five, and this is huge, your tolerance is increasing. Mm. Your tolerance is increasing. Mm -hmm. Six, you can't seem to stop yourself. Now, you realize you may want to stop yourself, and when you try, you just can't seem to do it. No self-control, okay. Yep. Seven, you take risks and make disproportionate sacrifices for it. Mm. Eight, you make excuses when other people act concerned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's always a reason why. Mm-hmm. Nine, you feel you needed to deal with your problems. You mm-hmm. feel you needed to deal with your problems. So one of the examples, I know someone who works the uh, midnight shift. Or what do you call it when you work overnight? Graveyard shift. Graveyard shift. Yeah. And they know for sure that caffeine gives them migraines. They know for sure mm-hmm. they have it every single day. And, and, but they stop for a period of time, mm-hmm. right? Migraine stopped, started again. And I asked, I said, 
why do you go back to caffeine if you know for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, it gives you headaches? And they say, well, I'm tired without caffeine. I can't function well with that. You know, so they they make, and then the tolerance, of course, it starts with a small, you probably could have had a shot of espresso or something like that. Now you need a full cup. Now you need a couple of cups you know, during your whole entire shift. So there's telltale signs if you pay attention. But, you know, when it comes to not just addictions, but just things in our own lives, it's, it feels to me, and it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. that we pay more attention to other people than ourselves. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. So while we're so busy analyzing mm-hmm. someone else, mm-hmm. we're letting things just fly under the radar when it comes to our... Did I say that wrong? When it comes to... Analyzing someone else, but we let things fly under the radar when it comes to ourselves. And we spend as much time analyzing ourselves. Yeah. Assessing ourselves. Yeah. Because I think this list may have sounded like, okay, well, how would I notice if my tolerance is increasing, right? How will I know if I feel like I need this? Because it's not a conscious thought. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one thinks like, I'm not going to go to that social situation if I can't have a drink. But if you pay attention... You will intentionally try to do things where you don't need the thing that you may be addicted to. I'm going to try to go to this function without alcohol or without smoking weed. I'm going to try to eat a meal without having any sugar, right? You're going to try to intentionally do those things. And once you start paying attention to yourself, then you will realize that your tolerance has increased. Then you will realize that you need certain things when you do certain social situations, then you will realize you're making excuses as to why you need these things. So just self-assessing. Self-assessment is so important. Yeah. That's really? a, that's what, um, you know, uh, Solomon Kenlock said in church this morning. He's like, we so busy looking left and right, you know, and we're not looking at ourselves. But I think self-assessing requires a higher frequency. I don't know that People can stop and intuitively dissect themselves in that way. Mm -hmm. So I think the list that you just rattled off is a great way to start identifying if you have something. Because just being able to self-assess on your own takes a level of knowledge and understanding that a lot of people just don't have intellectually. So, But if they can use some of the tips you just gave, like my tolerance is higher, it takes four drinks to give me to fill it instead of two. That is something that's like quantifiable. Do you get what I'm saying? Because if the self-assessment, I don't, it just, it's, it sounds like a harder step for people who are especially in the midst of it than it's not. But if they use the, like number four, number four is one I want to focus. Read number four again, Jay. Okay. So number four says you attempt to keep your youth secret. Yes. Okay. So. If you know you have an addiction to sugar or something like that, and you if you go out with somebody and you might have a, a dessert or something while you out, but then you know when you go home, I can't wait to get to that sleeve. I can't wait. Like, what are you doing privately that you refuse to do in publicly? Publicly, first, because they always say the first step is admitting there's a problem. Right. right. Okay. So I feel like 
the things that you just rattled off is the first step in being able to admit you have a problem before we even get to the step the mm-hmm. step of self identity. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I Kinda. absolutely get it. So, absolutely. So this is this list is basically once you've identified and you're willing to admit yes. that you even have an addiction, yes. which is the very that's the most important step there is. Yes. The hardest step when it comes to start being resolution oriented. Yeah. Uh what do you think to I think that I think that the first thing <laughs> again, the first thing would have to be being vulnerable enough with yourself to say, yep, something's going on. Let me like seek someone else. I think mm-hmm. like a lot of what Lisa says, the whole DIY thing really applies here. Mm-hmm. It's really going to be difficult for someone who has an addition to, let's just say, I don't know if we keep using sugar. I want to use a different example. Let's say it's um, some type of a substance, alcohol, or even a cornstarch. Prescription pills. Prescription yeah. pills, whatever yeah. it is. It take, it's going to take some serious introspection for you to say, I'm going to go and see and seek a program. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go and and, and tell my partner, tell my husband, tell my kids, I have a problem that I'm going to go and get help with. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about dealing with it in silence, dealing with it um, quietly. So how do you get there? How do you make that connection between something's not right, I need to go and involve a professional. Right. I think that, and especially in the black community, I hate to say it, but we tend to not want to really be vulnerable and transparent enough, especially to seek mental health services. Huge stigma mm-hmm. about mental health, but that's the aspect. That's the um, mentally, what is the void we're trying to fill with the substance, with the behavior, with the chemical, with whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be the biggest challenge. Is, I, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think one of the, the common things we see at uh, with our students in Farm to Table on the Black Health Academy, just because it's, we're helping them with their diet, is, you know, addictions to certain foods, right? And so some people have an affinity to sweet, some people have an affinity to salty, whatever it is, right? Or fried foods, some people have an affinity to caffeine. And I think the issue is you can get to a point of addiction where there's so much shame and guilt attached to it that you do it privately. But the issue with food is that someone seeing you eating something doesn't automatically translate to addiction to the onlooker, right? And so some of the things that we, some of the addictions we have are socially acceptable. And I think the socially acceptable part makes getting over it even more challenging. You know what I mean? Because having a glass of wine or, you know, a cocktail is socially acceptable. Having a dessert, you know, is socially, eating a bag of chips, nobody's looking the second way, not knowing, you know, how severe it is for you. And I, and so I would argue that those are some of the things that are even harder, the socially acceptable behaviors, because those can be easily masked. You know what I mean? And so that part, I, I feel sometimes for individuals because, and then also it's, not understanding that I guess, we have this, you know, idea and culture, especially when it comes to our diet, that we can reduce the amount. Just and a little better. bit of it. Yeah. The reduction method. Yes. Yeah. And not realizing. So being able to, you know, listen to the things Jay listed about signs for identifying if, if it's an addiction, because when it goes, when it jumps to being an addiction, the reduction method is not available to you. Um, say what you said when we were on the alumni meeting when someone was trying to stop eating peanut butter and we were just basically saying stop buying the peanut butter and you used um, a quote that you had read or heard about 
trying to do a little bit of something versus yeah absence. yeah it's just it's much easier to have n- nothing um to have zero of something than to have a little bit of something right is is yeah. sums up the quote and so we we think that i know i need to stop eating so much of this or engaging in this behavior so much and so i'm going to kind of put myself on restriction and yeah. i'm going to limit the amount i have or how much time i spend doing x and it's actually a much easier process to have none of it because you exert less mental energy and not and also the reduction method that it's not quantifiable how much is less? Right. How much is a little more? How the frequency of you got to think about should I do it this week or that week or that yeah. day? When you just completely take it off the table, it's less work. It's it no takes less energy asked. because you know what 100% you're abstaining from it. Yes. Versus trying to figure out when you can have a little bit of it and what's too much, like you said, and what it's, it's just, it's really the reduction method. As you said, once you're addicted, that's no longer available to you. Uh-huh. Once you start seeing the consequence, the negative consequences of something, yeah, it's time for you to gear yourself and, as Tiff said, maybe get some help, get someone in your corner who can lead you in this process. We talked about this on a podcast before, too. Why does everyone want to be a leader in every area of their life. I have no idea, You don't want to just sit back and let someone else do the thinking? Let their craft get you to a better place, paying for peace? You don't want to not have to think about one more thing? You don't want to just say, here is, you know... You know, do you have Cash App or do or go on their website and pay or however they accept payment? And from there, they tell you what to do and get your life in a, you know, headed in a better direction. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to know everything in order for my life to be enhanced. No, absolutely not. You Nobody's should, trying to be a pilot. Be an expert in everything. Right. Mm-hmm. You know master. what? Let me just go to... Try to fly this plane to get me to to because these know flights I mean? is too high. Right, it's like no, you're theory. willing to get the money and pay because you know that you're not going to be a. It's the same thing. Just because it just seems like you can YouTube. No, just like the pilots learned how to fly, they went to school. They didn't just start flying you. You know, you have to, and I know that's subjective. Like what really can I do versus can't I do? Because in reality, you can go to hair, you can watch on YouTube about hair school. Who cares what you can really do versus what you can't do? The question is, what is your gift? What's aligned with who you are and what the core values you have in this season of your life? Yeah, but like like you said earlier, that's a level of self-development. You know, you have to get there and realize just because you can do something and watch a YouTube video about something, saving money is not always your best option. No. Matter of fact, sometimes it should be your last option. Like we said, sometimes you can't even give us our money back. Don't even try to give it. Just like the hype. One of the um, things were closed. Mm-hmm. And the person who, um, what, 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 who was she? The, the person who... The, the Airbnb she, experience host. Yeah, Claire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She tried to give us part of our money back just because one little part of that. And we were like, no, because that experience was phenomenal. Right. Yeah. You know? And it's the same thing when it comes to your money with us. Sometimes it's just worth it. Yeah. You know, sometimes Absolutely. it's just worth it to spend the money. Yeah. If, even if it's for an experience or more importantly, for self-develop and enhancement of your life. Of your life, 100%. And I want to just highlight something you just said about once you start seeing the negative consequences of a behavior, I just want to make it clear that that's not necessarily physical consequences. 
right? Negative consequences of a behavior can be psychological. So what type of stress or overwhelm um, or physical, I mean, mental state does engaging in this behavior put you into? Seeing negative consequences of a behavior to identify whether or not it's a problematic behavior could be how you start thinking about yourself. Like, you know, like, do you feel um, horrible every time you eat this cookie or every time you take this? You might not see the physical consequences of it yet. You still might have a clean bill of health or it might not be impacting you financially because you can afford it. So you're not seeing these negative consequences that somebody else engaging in this addiction might see. But the question is, you know, how do you feel about yourself when you engage in that behavior too? And I want to make that clear too, because sometimes, you know, when we are not, when we are not in tune and we engage in a behavior and we literally don't realize how much mental real estate we give away to shaming ourselves, to thinking bad about ourselves, to having a negative self image. And then because that is our, belief system about ourselves it manifests into the into our life and how we live our life and how we engage with life and how we show up in the world and so if you're constantly in a place where you're engaging in behaviors that are not good but you don't feel like it's impacting your life so much I want you to think about how much you think about that behavior and how it makes you feel you know about yourself or you know how it makes you feel about anything because that's an important part too like the mental mental consequences because our thoughts are you know 80 to 90 percent of them are the same as the day before and most of us are going through life um just kind of reacting to things without thinking about the reaction right everything is on autopilot Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so how you feel about yourself has a should say a lot at before or after or during the behavior as well should be assigned to you as well of whether or not this is something you can should continue to do. Yeah. Did you want to know what? So what, I like what you said about that. How do you feel? Because one of the things that I'm always just like, why, why haven't you nipped this in the bud? But I realized that it is an addiction, people pleasing, mm-hmm. you know, and I always see people, I'm always doing nice things for other people. No one ever does anything nice for me. Or why does everyone keep giving me more stuff to do? I got to do this. I got to do that. I got, that is an addiction, you know, a people pleasing. And I, and I may not be using the correct term, mm-hmm. but trying to please everyone. And that's those negative consequences. You have to learn to stop saying no. I mean, to start saying no, you have to learn how you're impacted, pay attention to how you're impacted mentally, you know, physically, even though it's not an actual substance, Mm -hmm. but the stress of it, Mm -hmm. why are you allowing other people to put stuff on your plate? Why haven't you learned to say, I have A and B to do, I'm not doing C. Why haven't you learned to delegate? I know someone who have five, six people in their home, but they're doing it all. Why have you not unpacked that situation and put the, the pieces of the puzzles where they need to be so that you are always finishing last in these situations. Mm. Why have you not? Because nice guys finish last. <laughs> I was not where I was going. I'm just saying back to nice and kind. <laughs> nice really does can put you behind in the race. Because yeah, that, you, you know, and as we stated in the, our last podcast, being kind to yourself will allow you to be able to say no. Being and, kind yeah. to yourself will allow you... 
I'll, I'll even put it in the parental standpoint. When they say, when you, you got to discipline your child and you, you're not doing it because you want, you are really trying to, this is me trying to raise you right. It's the same way you have to do other adults. I'm saying no to you because you have to learn how to treat other people. You know, why would, I remember my friend, she got back in town and then somebody asked her to pick them up like maybe an hour later. Now, if you said no to this person, explain why, that would help them be a better person. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you owe it to the people to not only tell them no, but to explain to them, just as you would with your child, no, I'm not going to allow you to wake up and eat candy in the morning because that's not good for you. I'm not going to allow you just to sleep in bed and not go to school. because And you're you're doing your due diligence as a person, and I mean as a parent, and you don't care that your child doesn't like it. The same should apply to other adults. I'm going to tell you no, and I'm going to also explain to you why I'm telling you no for future reference so that you don't run around mistreating, misusing, taking advantage of other people. You know, it's not just no, oh, hell no, I'm not doing that. But I want you to understand the people that I care about. I'm not saying any, somebody from work saying, I need a ride, and you say, no, I can't do that. I don't have to explain to you. But the people that I'm, right. that's in my you know, my family or my close friends, if there's something that I feel that wasn't right or something that I didn't like and I assert myself and I say no or I, I'm bothered by a certain way that they thought they were going to treat me, I'm going to let them know. I'm, I, because I feel like I'm doing you a disservice. I'm doing you a disservice by not letting this be a teacher. You know how supervisors say, this is a teachable, teachable moment, moment for you. It's a teachable moment. When you're constantly nice to someone, you keep allowing them to get away with it. Sometimes they really don't know. Sometimes a person really don't, they don't understand that this is a behavior that shouldn't be repeated. So, you know, it, it's just levels to kindness, niceness. And we can talk about it all day, but I feel like me as a friend or a family member or a person that cares about you, I want you to understand, you know, I know someone who's kind of selfish. I'm always trying to tell them the reason why this is not happening for you or that's not happening is because you're selfish or because you're, you know, I'm just not going to be nice and go over it to keep the day going. I'm going to address it with you. And then it's up to you to kind of apply that information. Again, I'm not going to keep trying to teach you like I'm your parent, but I am going to, you know, what do you call that? Um, when you tell someone something constructive criticism course correct i don't know something like that but (laughs) yeah i'm going to tell you and give you an opportunity you know to to correct yourself yeah 100 percent. i think you had something else about addiction you said you had real down um in my research i found the three c's of addiction oh yeah that was it and so the three c's of addiction is compulsion Mm. cravings Mm. consequences and control that was four. There are four C's of addiction. <laughs> <laughs> Compulsive, compulsion, that. cravings, consequences, and, and control. control. So what are those? Well, compulsion is like you keep repeatedly doing something over there. You, you, you feel compelled to keep doing something over and over and over again. Like you can't break that cycle of repeating. Cravings are like you literally, if you're not doing that thing, you crave it. You want it. You have to have it. Mm -hmm. You're drawn to it. 
um, consequences is, you know, you, you keep doing that thing and there's something that adversely happens. Mm-hmm. You don't care because you're addicted and you're, you're way, you're, the, the benefits of you doing this addictive thing outweighs the consequence in, for you. you. You'll take it, whatever it is, monetarily, your health, your family, friends, relationships, things like that. And there's control. I think control is a big part of addiction because people feel like they don't have you're out of control, right? You can't just say, I'm about to stop eating sugar and cookies and whatnot. You can't just say, all right, this is my last day doing Coke or crack or whatever that substance is, right? Mm-hmm. So control plays a huge part in addiction. Mm. What do you all think? Well, I have a question. Yeah. Do you guys think any addiction could ever be positive? Or is it the word addiction inherently bad? For me, it's inherently bad because having self-control because addiction implies that you don't have control. Mm-hmm. So if, if, even if you're addicted to giving, addicted to love, addicted to um, protecting your... Like, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I feel like the word addiction is inherently itself, negative. Yeah, because okay. I feel like control is absolute... Self-control and discipline is absolutely necessary. Because like you always say... Just because something good is something is good for you doesn't mean a lot of it is better. Yeah, for too you. much of a good thing too, can be a bad thing. Yeah. So, sure. I, what do you think, though? Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think that just by the very, very nature, losing control over anything. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's why I ask because those four things that you named, I think, are great characteristics to identify. Because you could be, I think we. I one time I'm addicted to exercising. I used to say that years ago. Like, which I, like I gotta move. Like, I can only go so many days without exercising. But that can definitely become people become addicted to running because you oh, get that sure. high, you get those endorphins. You know, neurotransmitters get released when you engage in certain behaviors. Scrolling on social media is addiction for like ninety percent of people. Well, talk sure. about Screen, that addiction. Screen oh, time. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember a man was addicted addicted to eating carrots. His his skin turned orange. Yeah, all that beta carrots. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. literally. So yeah, the carrots was good for you, but you took it until too they far. weren't. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, no, I, I think yeah, addiction. Do we think that there is a genetic predisposition towards yes. yeah. addiction? Yeah, yes. I think they said it's fifty percent. Yep. Um, genetics. Wow. You're saying all addictions? What you mean? Like, so substance, substance, substance. So, like alcohol. Yeah, so if, if you're, you know, if your parents, your father was alcoholic, yeah, it's, it's they said it's 50% that you might, okay. genetics, uh-huh. and then the rest is environment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely do believe you can be predisposed for addiction. It's ET, that's why he doesn't drink now. He's like, it, the, the alcohol addiction runs in my family. I think he said his father or something, and he won't touch a drop of alcohol. And I know there's a lot of people like that. Um, but yeah, but just a reminder, you know, genetic predisposition, predisposition does not guarantee a certain outcome. But if you are predisposed, you do have to, may have to be more mindful than somebody mindful, else. Yeah. 100%. 100%. But genetics do not have the final say in the battles that you have in your life. Now, just like what, you know, being obese or, you know, having an addiction to, you know, some type of unhealthy food or whatever it is, like you are still at the end of the day in the most control and the mind is the most powerful tool you have at your disposal. So everything starts in the mind, everything ends in the mind. And so, um, like that quote I told y'all this weekend that I fell in love with, right? Like your problems dissolve when your consciousness expands, right? And Mm -hmm. so the more you work on, um, 
self-enhancement, personal development, once you get to that stage where you're ready, when you've been able to use some tools like the list Tiff mentioned, like the list Jay mentioned, you start off using tools like that to identify what problems you have. And then you can start doing the work of becoming a, a different version of yourself. But sometimes in the beginning, because your awareness is so low, your self-awareness is so low, your vibrational frequency is so low, you might have to use tools like that to see, you know, what what does emotional e- eating mean? What's the definition of these terms? And what are some signs and symptoms and characteristics and traits I should be looking out for that say I might be leaning towards having this issue, right? And then from there, that's when you're supposed to right away collaborate. Right. Once you've been able to identify that there is an issue or that there may be, may be a potential issue on the horizon. Now, collaboration, you are not an expert in this field. And even if you are, just because you can give somebody the best blowout and flat iron in the world, don't mean you can do your own hair. The issue with a lot of people is that they can't see their own blind spots and the best surgeon in the world cannot do surgeons on themselves, surgery on themselves. And I think that's typically where a lot of the issues come into play is that a lot of people feel like this is my lane. It's like us, you know what I mean? Like, why can't I do what I want to do with my body? Or why can't I stop eating this or whatever? I'm a health coach, I'm a whatever. But the thing about it is when you get to a point of self-development and you really truly value it, you begin to seek out the higher you get into that. Right. You know what I mean? Like how you golden earth for you. And then, you know, yourself developed ET. And then there were Dr. Clapper. You want to start because you're never going to know more than everybody. It's always right. going to be somebody who knows more than you. Always. So even if you are at the top of your game, yep. that may be the problem. You know what I mean? Is that you reach the ceiling though. of what yeah. you can do. Now it's time to get, a mentor. Now it's time to get a coach. Now it's time to get someone who can take you to a higher tier than where you were. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, but you have to be a willing participant in your own development and growth. That's all on you. That's all on you. We can take it from there. We got the processes. We got the support. We got the accountability, but you have to be a willing participant in your own recovery, you have to be a willing participant in your own growth. You have to be a willing participant. And once you relinquish control in that way, everything that's required to get you over this thing will be provided for you. It will come knocking at your front door. Mm -hmm. God is amazing. The universe is amazing. It'll provide everything you need to get you where you want to be, but you got to be a a willing participant you know, until you and I were talking about this weekend, just relinquishing control, you know, and, you know, stop trying to be the decider and the creator of every single step and every single thing that's supposed to happen in your own life. You, you, your mission, your only job is to put it out there in black and white and verbally what you want to happen. The how ain't got nothing to do with you. That will be provided. But the what is up to you. 100%. 100%.
Listen, y'all did it again on the fifth trip, big baby. Okay, now. <laughs> y'all pulled out the big guns for this one. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Listen, if you know that you are willing to relinquish control and be a willing participant in your own health transformation, that you need to get on over here at the side the Black Health Academy and come enroll in Farm to Table. Listen, we only have a few more weeks remaining um, of open enrollment for our fall semester, which is kicking off on Saturday, October 2nd. This semester will be on Saturday mornings, October 2nd to December 4th. Farm to Table is our signature plant-based group coaching program. It's a 10-week program where we take you from wherever you are and 10x your health outcomes by helping you to adopt a whole food plant-based lifestyle. Nutrition is one of the most powerful tools you'll have in your toolbox for overall health transformation, reaching a healthy weight, getting off those medications, getting over those addictions. I'm telling you, DIYing it or doing it on your own. I ain't saying you can't do it. I'm just saying you'll get there way quicker. So you might as well bring in 2022 with a bang. Put yourself at the top of your priority list and come get this health. Listen, visit www.theblackhealthacademy.com to learn more about Farm to Table or to learn more about our shiny new plant-based certification, The Other 23. Listen, it's going down. It's going down. We are certifying people of color in plant-based nutrition and high-level coaching techniques so that people can see representation in this space and know that optimal health through a whole food plant-based diet is available to them. It is not reserved for the suburbs. It is not reserved for a higher socioeconomic status. It is not reserved for people who were brought up that way. I don't care if you were raised on uh, grits and cornbread. What's the fattiest meal they be saying? Uh, hog fed, corn fed. Oh, what is goodness. it? <laughs> I don't care. I do not care. If you are used to, you know, a stick of butter and sugary cereal, you don't know nothing different. Let me tell you something. The optimal mental, physical, and emotional health and clarity that you're looking for is available to you. It has not eluded you. It is not too late. It was not the cards you were dealt. Dealt Suffering was never in the cards for you. Ask me how I know. All right? www.theblackhealthacademy.com. Come get this health. Until next time. Be well. Be I'm about to go well. kill these cauliflower chicken and waffles. You hear me? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>